0: Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. Well, today I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and the pathway God uses uh, for people to know Jesus to be filled with his power okay and uh so when we read through the whole bible you know there's the genesis the first three quarters is sort of the old testament and then there's a new testament which is sort of from jesus on um but through that the, the key to reading the bible is to understand the threads that go through it there's some key threads that emerged through the Old Testament into the New Testament as we read that in the light of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and apply that into our day-to-day. There's some key threads. One of those key threads is this, that God is spirit and the natural inclination for humans is to understand God as spirit and separate away from that, which is not untrue, but the thread through the whole of Scripture, and ultimately revealed in Jesus. And what Jesus then did is that all of God, the Holy Spirit, that is there, that is a person, that is everywhere, also wants to be within us, to live within us. That, in fact, humanity is designed, we are designed, we are created, we are shaped to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not designed to actually be separate from God, we're designed to be not just in a relationship with God, but in Him, in Him. That's how we design. That's That's why when a lot of people who aren't believers will say, I feel like there's something more. You ever said that? You ever felt that? There's something more. You know now, some people might say, "Oh well, if someone 's got a huge drug addiction or their marriage is in a disaster or all that sort of thing, yeah, of course they want more but i haven 't just heard it from people who are in crisis i 've heard it from people who, in every level are really successful. you know my kids were able to go to a, a uh, private school and because I was a pastor, I got a bit of a pastor 's discount but you know the, the thing about the pastor 's discount is that you know i still had the same car so the ford au the 2002 ford au um, uh, and but you know the friends are coming in in the you know the bmw hatchback all that sort of stuff and you know we'd drive in and and i'd say yeah but are they really happy and my kids would go dad they're freakishly happy they are so happy they're happy with their beach house they're happy with their you know And it's true, they were all happy, but uh, so many of them, as my kids started to reach out to their friends, you know, these kids were really, you know, on every worldly sense, you know, just doing really well and pretty happy families, you know. But they said, there's something more. Something more. I want to suggest to you that that more is the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, and that that's what we're designed to do. It's like, and, and it, it doesn't really matter what, cult, like I said, what culture people come from. I mean, how many people remember the film The Castle? Has anyone ever watched The Castle? Really, if you haven't watched The Castle, it's, um, people used to, people, I remember watching it, and I grew up in the country, in the southeast, Narragorn, and moved to Adelaide, and, you know, we've moved around a little bit, and that sort of thing. People said, oh, it's a comedy. I said, no, I think it's a documentary. All those people... <laughs> I know all those people. They are real people. Wherever you go, people are people. And, uh, and the thing is, we all need an encounter. We all need people. We all need connection. That connection, that desire for connection, the obvious connection, is part of a need we have, for spiritual connection. I grew up, at the age of 38, in 1972, my dad, who had been a good man, he was a good man, um, sort of went along to church, as many people of that era did. But he's, for the first time in 1972, he felt uncomfortable in church. And yet at the same time, he didn't want to look away. He didn't want to get away. And there was a, a, a fiery young preacher, uh, who just preached the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And over three months, something changed in my dad at the age of 38. My mum had been a believer and was a believer. But there at this age of 38, my dad came into that understanding. He moved from being a good man to being a God's grace man. Big difference. The difference was the forgiveness of sins and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Changed his life. And so... My childhood was, I was that kid in the sleeping bag in the corner of the church hall or uh, the lounge room where my parents were having a Bible study meeting and a bit like your life groups, you know, they didn't call them that in those days, but it was like that. People had just come and and have food together and share around the Bible, share their life together. We saw, you know, all sorts of things happen. And and the, the great thing is they didn't know what they were doing. That was the gift. They didn't know what they were doing. So... So when someone was sick, um, my dad and his friends who, and his other friend, a, a guy called Andrew, they, they just came to the Lord. And so they read in the Bible, well, if someone's sick, you should lay hands on them and pray for them and they'll get well. And they didn't know that, you know, they didn't know that you weren't supposed to do that. You know, that the, in church world, you sort of at the time, you know, not, oh, well, we don't do that. So they just started doing that. And so people got healed. That's what happened and I'm this kid in the sleeping bag at the age of four or five and I remember, you know, one little eye open, seeing things, amazing things happen. I'd hear the songs and I'd see people start to weep who hadn't wept for years because their heart was starting softening softening to God. So that's how, I was that kid in the sleeping bag, you know. That was my Bible college. (laughs) That was my Bible college. So bring your kids with you on that bring your kids with you. My kids were those kids in the sleeping bag, you know. We had a morning service and a night service. My, it got to the point where my kids, the punishment for them for acting up when they were little was, you won't be able to go to night church. <laughs> no, 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 please! You know, so um, uh, we brought them along. They, they were the kids in the sleeping bag and their jammies, little Spider-Man jammies, you know. And they saw the wonders of God. They saw the wonders of God. We saw broken limbs heal. We saw amazing things happen in people's lives. Um, I saw people at the, the most broken part of their life. And <laughs> my mum and dad, they, uh, they were very hospitable, always very hospitable uh, to a fault. And so, you know, the number of times I'd be asleep in my room and i come out, you know, we had a doorway and there was a hallway. And so I came out and out would come from the other bedroom, someone. And I think, hello. I go, yeah, hi, yeah, yeah, your mum and dad, just let me stay over. And I'm just like, who the heck are you? <laughs> that happened a lot of times. Um, and, uh, but, you know, people who, you know, started mum and dad's caravan, their marriage was busted up and they're just calm and mum and just loving, mom and dad would just love, love them. I mean, and they're working full-time jobs all this time, you know, so it's, it's a heck of a ride, but that's the journey of the Holy Spirit. The thing is, that happened in the 70s. That happened in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. That's happening now. That's, that, there's people here. That's, that's, you get that. Well, that's the life of the Holy Spirit. And you think, oh, but people will burn out. You know, you know, no. You're in the flow. You're in the slipstream. You're in the slipstream. Um, you know, when the Holy Spirit starts taking a hold of your life, things start to change yeah at the age of 14 uh, 15 my friends and I were in this youth group and you know we we had faith I mean oh, this is these are the things I'd seen and it was sort of but to a large degree it was sort of external to me I, I and we went we went to a uh, a youth camp in the city and so obviously <laughs> we thought well this is going to broaden the options uh, for girlfriends, obviously, the um, uh, studs that we were, you know. Um, how could they resist? So, we went to this camp, you know, it was about 200 people, a place called Cuddly Creek, and we thought, that has got to be a sign. <laughs> middle of winter, it was the coldest, I've never been that cold in my life. And this isn't, you know, the five-star camping, you know, you go to campsites now, ah, you know, WHS, everything's safe and that. No, this is, this is 80s camping, man. This is like, you know, tin shed, they'll be right, you know, playtime is like, you know, go jump on some corrugated iron, you know, what's wrong? Anyway, We went there, there were about five or six of us, and we went there, and I I always say we went there as boys and we left as men, not because we'd met girls, but because we had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) Security. That Uh, We had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We had an encounter. We knew Christ, but Christ wanted us to meet His power something changed and people could see that it had changed. We came back to school, something had changed. We would be asked, in those days you'd have a night service, you'd ask a few of the kids to share test. Well, we ended up preaching. We didn't know that we were preaching. We started to pray and people are like, what? We started to pray. We, and we started to read the prayers of the book of Acts, and the New Testament. We, we, that, we thought, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. And in 18 months, a youth group of, you know, 15 kids grew to 100 in a high school of 600. So one in six people in our high school, in our town, went to that youth group. Within a period of 10 years, I think not less than 12 people went into full-time ministry from that one church, let alone some of the other churches in that town. Something happened. Something happened. And it hasn't stopped. I went to proper Bible college, you know, and I always got the feeling, I kept meeting these people who'd say, oh yeah, you know, I used to be into that. But I've kind of, you know, evolved. And they'd invite me to their church and I'd go, this is evolution. I don't want to be critical. I was trying to be pastoral, but there was no power in their prayers. I think, why did you go from there? They were still waiting for me to grow up. But the thing is, I was in a stream. Once you've tasted of that power, once you've tasted of the Holy Spirit, you're never the same. Your expectation of what God can do and what God can do in the church and what God can do in your workplace and what God can do when you're walking to sports practice, I'm walking with my friend, who is smoking a fair few drugs, not right there and then, but you know, and enjoying the company of many, many ladies, um, We walked from the high school to the sports ground, and he wasn't a Christian, and when we walked back, he was. And I had no idea what I was doing. But the Holy Spirit started to move in his heart and his life, the presence. Of God, when you're having an encounter with God, there's no mistaking it. There's no mistaking it. Friends, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I could give you countless, countless examples of that, but I, I need to say it's a day by day experience. I wake up, I, God speaks to me. And not because I'm a preacher. Like, he's not talking about the church stuff. He's just talking to me. He's talking to you. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had this going on. He understood this. He said this thing to his followers while he was here on earth. He said, fellas and ladies, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I go away, The comforter will come. The advocate. God's special counsel. The Holy Spirit will come. And they had no idea what he was talking about. John chapter 14, 15, 16. If you read that in John's biography Jesus. And when Jesus died and then was buried in a big tomb with a rock over it sort of, it wasn't like buried like people are buried now, it was buried in the tomb. And then on that Sunday, he died on the Friday, he was in the tomb over Saturday. Then on the Sunday morning they went to the tomb to try and doctor up his body with spices and this sort of stuff. But the people who came, his followers who came, this tomb, the, the rock that had been over this tomb was rolled away and he wasn't there. And they met these guys, and they, the Bible says they were angels, saying to them, you, you're, looking, you're looking for the living among the dead. And they went, what? And then over a period of time, it's actually 40 days, six weeks, long time, it says he appeared to his disciples. He walked with them, he ate with them. At one point, he appeared to over 500 people at one time. Now, if I was the disciples right then, I would have gone, you beauté. We've got him, he's back, he's alive from the dead. This, we're, the road tour is on. Okay? Instagram that. But then, after 40 days, Jesus says, I'm going. And they go, going where? Last time you said that, what? He said, I'm going. I'm going back to heaven. I don't understand the ascension, you know, like, Because it's not like, you know, if you go to the moon, you're in heaven or anything. But it says that he he left. Clouds covered him. We don't know what that is. But he said, stay here. Because in a few days, the Holy Spirit's coming. They wanted him to stay and sort of restore world order, you know what I mean? They said, when's the kingdom going to be restored to Israel and we're going to kick the Romans out and, you know, it's going to be great. And he said, no, it's not for you to know all that. But when the Spirit comes, you will be filled with power. That word power is actually, it's the same root word from dynamite, okay? Dynamite. There's no mistaking when dynamite goes off. Some people call that kids' church. <laughs> that's what Jesus said. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. He gave them a promise. It's not for you to know the dates, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So what did they do? It says that they did this. They joined constantly in prayer. They, they started a life group. They started a life group. They joined constantly in prayer. What's constantly mean? Was it every minute, every day, every constantly. Constantly in prayer. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit, when God is preparing you to receive the Holy Spirit, He starts you, you, you get hungry for prayer. You get hungry for prayer. And if you are a believer and you're not hungry for the Holy Spirit, just start <coughs> praying. Make yourself hungry. Starve yourself of other things so you'll speak into prayer. And that's why, when this church started, Mike and Jen, we'd, we'd pay them out a little bit, you know, tease them because they're always fasting. I mean, how many? I mean, I'm amazed some of you are even physically here. <laughs> the fasting and prayer, the setting aside of food in order to seek into God. <clears throat> Here's what I believe. I think it was to start the church, but I think God wanted what was happening then. Six months, twelve months, eighteen months ago to prepare for now. To prepare prayer for now. You can be sure if you have an encounter with God, someone's been praying. We'd run youth camps. And the the thing with Christian youth camps at that time, you know, they'd say, Oh, It'd start on the Friday night, and then by Sunday night, you know, everyone is either so tired and exhausted that they'll just believe anything, or they've actually had an encounter with God. Either way, wait for Sunday night. We went through two years on the Friday night. In fact, the Thursday night when we got there, because it was Easter, we just did a kind of, you know, camp, the camp cop, you know, gives the camp rules sort of thing. And then someone prayed. And we're sitting there, kids just start weeping. And it wasn't the camp cop. It wasn't the rules. It was the Holy Spirit. We're just starting to pray for people right Thursday. Same thing, Friday, Saturday. I mean, it was, here's what we found out. Two little old ladies, Ida Knight and Marge Bourne, said, we'll pray all Easter. We never saw them. I are just praying all Easter. And they did that every year. Someone was praying. Someone's been praying for you. That's why you're here. Might be a grandmother. Might be an auntie. Someone's been praying. I can tell you, the leadership team here, they've been praying. This place is prepared for you. Maybe for you, this church has been sort of the last chance at church. You know, we find that. You know, people who been at church and one or two things have happened or you just drifted or whatever and then you go, you know what, I'm just going to give church one more go and this is your go. That's why. Someone's been praying. It's the Holy Spirit who's drawn you here so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's prayer. It's positioning. It's the power. And here's the thing, all these people knew Jesus. (laughs) All these people knew Jesus. Now, I'm not going to get into a big theological debate. You can't know Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. The Bible clear about that. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't be converted to Christ. You know, that, just that point in which you go, yeah, I'm, God's forgiven my sins and He's the leader of my life. You can't do that except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within you when that happens. But here's what I believe. Is that I believe there is a baptism of power in the Holy Spirit. So listen to me. If you're a believer here, if you're a believer here, you know Jesus. But you're still hungry, aren't you? There's something in you when you read, particularly things like the book Book of the Acts of the Apostle. There you go. That would be very cool. That would be very cool you're not sure. And that's what happened in the New Testament, too. The, these believers had been with Jesus for 40 days, the resurrected Christ. I mean, there was no doubt about the forgiveness of sins, no doubt at all. But they were still hungry for more. And it says on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you catching what I'm throwing here? Suddenly the sound of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they, listen, they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire come and rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, here's the thing. Every encounter of the Holy Spirit, there was something that they heard, there was something that they saw, there was something that they encountered. And I come from a church tradition that said, hey, no, you can't run on your feelings and emotions and all that sort of stuff. And there is nothing in the Bible that says that this is not emotional. Nothing. Every time the Holy Spirit came in the Bible, in the book of Acts, people heard something and they saw something and they experienced something. In Acts chapter 8, it says that an evangelist, Philip, went to a, a city called Samaria, which wasn't a Jewish city, and preached the gospel. And all these people came to Christ. They started to believe in Christ. And then Peter and John, two of the other followers of Jesus, came and they said... They all believed in Christ but they said you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they laid hands on people and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, there was a guy called Simon who was a sorcerer kind of mystic kind of guy who made a lot of money out of that. And it says, when he saw what was happening to the people when Peter and John laid their hands on them, he said, can I give money to buy that gift? Now, there's a whole story attached with that. But listen, when he... So, there's an effect of the Holy Spirit when he fills believers. You know, you know, there's things. The Bible talks about gifts, the gift of tongues, which is a spiritual prayer language, but also the gift of prophecy. People, there's just a fresh power in their prayer. And in, in, in how they interact. There's gifts of healings that start to happen. There's there's words of knowledge. There's some the number of times I've been talking with someone and I think, oh well, you know, like they're having a chat and that sort of thing. And this thought comes into my mind, I ask them about this. Okay, look, I hardly know this, but ask them about this. And I ask them about this, and they go, Yeah, yeah, that well, like Yeah, I've kind of come to you to talk about this problem, but that's the actual real problem. Now, that has happened thousands of times. Thousands of times. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Something is seen. Something is heard. Something is manifest. When the Spirit comes, it's unmistakable. There was a sound. There was seen things. Now, I imagine that there's some of us, particularly those of us who are believers, because i find non-believers are kind of cool with this they go all right but i find some believers particularly if they've been in church for a while they go ah oh, ah hmm. oh, he's of that sort of camp here's the thing i'm not here to tell you what you need to believe about the holy spirit consider this what is there to gain by dumbing down the potential effect of the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't you be at least open to that? What's to be gained? If you were just open, just say, okay, God, you show me. Don't don't argue with me, argue with God. Just say, God, you show me. You show me. Because there's something about being open. There's something about being open to the Holy Spirit, and he'll use that. Who use that? That's what I would encourage you to be. Just open. Open to that. Because sometimes we follow God and we're expecting ministry to flow in the line of what our personality is. <laughs> structured order personality, we want it structured order. Flamboyant out there, whatever, but we want it that. Well God's not God's gonna move through your personality, but He's not contained by your personality. What what we've got to measure it on is what the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say? The Word of God says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit and your daughters and sons will prophesy, they will tell forth God's Word. The Bible says, in the last days, people aren't going to have to learn a whole heap of stuff firstly to know God. No, they're going to know God in a personal way. The learning stuff is great, but you're going to know God in a personal way. It says in the day, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. He's pouring it out because we need the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.